Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Scripture tells us where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. In the fourth installment of our collection of talks, Wait Till I Get My Money Right, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. explores how to be a faithful steward in this message, How to Be Rich. For more resources, visit vuchurch.com slash money. Now let's lean into the message together. Let's get into God's word today. We are in part four of a collection of talks entitled, Wait Till I Get My Money Right. And um, it's kind of taken us about uh, eight years to do a collection like this because um, it takes a little bit of time to build some credibility and it takes a little bit of time to, um, to, I think, build some authority and to build some trust. I know we've got guests at VU Church today. Uh, we teach every Sunday and a lot of our collections are very attractional and really kind of for everybody. But then throughout the year, we'll kind of do some collections that I think are really for the people of this house. And uh, today, if you're a guest, we're happy that you're here. I think there's gonna be a lot that you can take away from. But in many ways, this message is for people that are a part of VU, that have submitted and surrendered their lives to being a part of building this place. And um, if you're a guest, I just say, come back next week. Uh, but if you're someone who calls this place home, I really think this is a message for you. What God's been doing the last uh, three weeks, I think it's incredible. I got one more message next week that I can't wait to share. It's gonna be great. Uh, but today, I, I wanna preach from Matthew chapter six. And for some reason, my iPad, uh, I can't get the auto lock to work. And so it just keeps turning off. But the good news is I've memorized the entire Bible. <laughs> I've got it up here. I don't know what's going on with it, but you know what? I've hidden the word in my heart that I might not sin against him. <clears throat> we got to go old school today. Anyone got a real Bible with you today? Where, where's all the real Christians? There's seven of us. Thank you, coach. I see you right there. That's a real man of God right there. But for one more time, let's see all the real Bibles. Genuinely, you can count. Okay, where's all the digital Bibles? You better pray your battery is still working when a demon shows up, bro. Oh, what do I, oh, all right, Matthew chapter six, here we go, ready? This is Jesus' words. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Verse 21, pivotal verse, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me skip down to verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Here we go. You cannot serve both God and money. And so I thought today in our fourth installment of this collection, I would preach from the subject, how to be rich. No pun intended. <laughs> I want to talk for a few moments on this thought, how to be rich, how to be rich. Because as we're reading this passage, what you'll see is uh, Jesus's favorite sermon was the kingdom of God, but his second most talked about topic in all the New Testament 
is always around finance. His illustrations, his parables, his points will always come back to this idea of money. And I think it's important that we're saying this over and over again, that as you're reading verses like this one, when it comes to this idea of God and money, and a lot of people are going, you shouldn't talk about money in church. And, and I know it's taken us eight years, but as I've kind of built up some courage and confidence, I gotta tell you what Jesus said. And what I think you have to understand is this, is that Jesus, he doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. I, I think that this is like a revelation that so many people do not have. They, they, they hear messages like this one, they're like, oh man, the church wants my money and God wants my, no, no, no. Jesus don't need your money, but he does want your heart. And what he says is, he says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Interesting order, because I think sometimes we think that um, our money's gonna follow our heart, but that's not what he said. He said, uh, your heart is gonna follow your treasure. So wherever you place your treasure, there your heart will be. I, I never really cared much about Google, and then one day I bought some Google stock. Now I'm like, what's going on with Google? You know, like how they, how they running stuff over there, you know? I, I got a buddy right now who, um, he's kind of a young entrepreneur, and uh, the World Series is going on right now. Who, who's, who's playing, Texas Rangers and, you don't know? Is it the Diamondbacks? Diamondbacks, who cares? Um, he bought game six tickets for a lot of money. And uh, he don't have that kind of money. And I said, I said, what are you doing, bro? He's like, well, I'm hoping I can flip these tickets that if they get to game six, I bought them early at this price. And when they get there, I'm gonna sell them at a higher price. How many of y'all know, he don't care about the Diamondbacks. He doesn't care about the Texas Rangers. But right now, he's watching the Diamondbacks. He's watching the Texas Rangers. He's hoping that they make it to game six. Why? Because he's got his treasure out there. I heard one preacher tell a story about a divorce, uh, a couple of those getting a divorce and uh, they were getting divorced and they were splitting all the money and they came to their pastor and the husband just said, man, I don't know, man. I just, she just, she doesn't have my heart anymore. I, I just, it's, we're, we're separating, we're done. I just shouldn't have my heart. And he says, well, I got a plan for you. Why don't you just give her all your money and then see where your heart goes? Come on, somebody. Because wherever you get invested, you stay interested. And the idea of kingdom work is, is that I'm investing into kingdom work because I want to keep a heart for kingdom work. And so Jesus is making it so very, very clear. He's saying wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, notice he begins, and he's teaching us many ways how to be not rich according to the world, but he's teaching us how to be biblically rich. He gives you the best financial advice ever. This is Jesus, like, I know we all got financial advisors, but listen to his advice. He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but rather store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where nothing will destroy it and robbers cannot steal it. He's saying you need to get something better than an earthly return. Come on, somebody. You need an eternal return. I think that it's important that when we talk about money that we understand that money by itself is not evil. But money is a very, very powerful thing. Jesus says this at the end of his writing. He says, no one can serve 
two masters. You will either love one and hate the other. You can't serve both, watch this, God and money. Jesus never compares himself to any other God other than the God of money. Meaning Jesus, in his comparison, is letting you in that he's saying his greatest competition here on this earth is the love of money. That people buy into the lie and they become deceived and they actually stop using money as a tool and they start serving money as a master. I can already like hear some student who's listening to today's message going, hey mom and dad, I'm telling you what, um, I can only obey one of you. So, uh, <laughs> which one's it gonna be? I could, I, that, that would be my kids. If Wyatt was here and I'd be like, all right dad, mom's in charge, you know? Um, don't let them, don't let them Take the scripture out of context. When you get married, you become one flesh. Which is kind of, we can just be really practical. Sometimes we think we can kind of just get divorced and that it won't have much collateral. But how many of y'all know, I've talked with so many people from experience that two people, they get divorced and then it wreaks havoc upon the children. Because so often, many times, the children of somebody who's been divorced, they have a difficult time. In fact, many times they lend their allegiance and love towards one parent and at times despise the other parent. Why? Because it's hard to submit to two people headed in two different directions. And so Jesus, here he is, he's teaching you and I. And he's like, yo, look, you can't serve both me and money. Money by itself is not wrong, and I think sometimes in church that's the problem with it. It's like, we're like, oh, like, we don't don't subscribe to a prosperity gospel at Voo Church, but we also don't subscribe to a poverty gospel. Woe is me, I got nothing, but praise the Lord. If you got nothing, you can't help anybody, okay? So we don't believe in a poverty gospel. In fact, um, look at what... This is Solomon, what he writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19, because money's powerful. This is what he says. He says, a feast is made for laughter. Wine makes life merry. And money is the answer for everything. This is Solomon, the wisest guy ever. This is his words about money. He's like, yo, money solves stuff. You ever heard that expression, money talks? It does. Like money says to your debt, I can free you. Money says to your plans, I can help you. Money says to your time, I I can direct you. Money says to your desires, I can serve you. Money talks. But just because money's powerful doesn't mean that money is a good God. Many of us, we keep buying into the lie. We make money our God. When you study the original language here, when Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter 16, that word money, um, it's not the actual word. The real word there is the word mammon. Everyone say mammon. mammon. Maybe you never heard this word before, but it's an important word that we begin to learn because um, as, as Jesus is teaching, he says you can't serve both God and mammon. And, and mammon is an uh, Aramaic word and its history and its origin, as you define it, what it means is, is it means deceitful riches. It's being deceived by money. It's letting money take the place of God. It's listening to the lies of money and putting my trust in money. Isn't it amazing that you go uh, to buy a pack of cigarettes today and now when you buy a pack of cigarettes, there's a warning label that shows you horrendous photos of lung cancer and it's like, yo, if you smoke these things, they will kill you. They have to put that on there as a warning label. 
People still smoke them, even though it's like, I, my favorite joke is, you know, of course you can be a Christian and go to heaven and smoke. You'll just get there before me, okay? So, uh, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Where's my jewel? Not in church, okay, so. But isn't it fascinating that those that were in the business here in America of making our currency, they put a warning label on our money. The warning label says, in God we trust. But every time we hold that currency, even though it warns us, don't put your trust in this thing, it can't meet all your needs, it can't fill, fulfill all the desires of your heart, we continue to believe that it will. If you keep trusting in money, it's going to kill you. But money in itself is not evil. This is, this is what Paul writes to young Timothy. We missed this up in church, but let's get this verse right because we're talking about mammon for a moment. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money, there it is, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So it's not just money, it is the love of money and it's the serving of money. How do I know if I'm serving money? Well, you know you're serving money if it's all you think about, if it's all you're talking about, if it's all you're hoping for, if it's all you desire, if it's all you fantasize about, if it's all you ever pray about. These are indications that you're placing your trust and you're being deceived by your deposits, it's called the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon, mammon was a, a Syrian god. And remember that story uh, in early in Genesis, it's the story of the Tower of Babel. I don't know if you know that story, but uh, it's a good illustration of the spirit of mammon because the Tower of Babel was a group of people that came together and said, hey, let's be like God without God. Babel uh, means confused. And Babel, the Tower of Babel, is the forming of Babylon. Babylon means sown in confusion. And so here are these people that they're confused. We want to be on God's level, and we want to get there without his help. So let's build a tower so high that we could reach the heavens. We can do this in our own human effort. It is a picture of the spirit of mammon. I'm confused. I think in my own accord I can get there. And as they try to build that tower, how many of y'all know, the scripture says God had to come down, and when he came down, that was an indication that the tower, it might have been high, but it wasn't that high. I don't care what you're building right now, I don't care how tall it is, I don't care how great your business is, I don't care what your bank account looks like, God still has to come down, because without his help, it's not that great. It's not that great at all. Remember the rich young ruler, I think it's Matthew chapter 19, the rich young ruler, he comes to Jesus and you can see the spirit of mammon in his life. Jesus, what do I gotta do? Here's his question, what do I gotta do to be saved? This guy's used to getting his way, this guy's used to wheeling and dealing. And Jesus says, oh, well, come on, man, obey the commandments. And the man's like, oh, I've been doing that. In fact, this is how arrogant he is. I've been doing that since I was a boy. You gotta love Jesus. Jesus is like, all right, you wanna come at me with some pride? I'll give you some more work. Go sell all of your possessions and give them to the poor. Now, where people get confused is people then take this one prescription for this one man and try to make that a broad prescription for the body of Christ. 
The point of the scripture is not that you would go sell everything and give it to the poor. However, if he asked you to, you should. If he asked you to, you should. But the man, the scripture says, has to walk away with a heavy heart because he had great wealth. He missed out on salvation because he thought he could buy it. He thought he could earn it. He thought he could get it in his own effort. And with it, Jesus says some of his most famous words. I think we have the scripture of Matthew. I think it's Matthew 19. I don't have a Bible, so we're just going off the dome. Is it Matthew, what'd you say? Matthew 19, 24. There, thank you so much. Look at Adrian. Just, you memorize the Bible too? <laughs> this is what he says. This is, this is a harsh scripture. Jesus says this. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Well, you hear that verse, and if you're like me, you're probably like the disciples. The disciples are like, yo, so Jesus, what? So rich people can't go to heaven? And what does Jesus say back? He says, well, with man, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. He's not saying that rich people can't go to heaven. He's suggesting that the more worldly wealth that we gain, the more susceptible we can become to a spirit of mammon, which is to say, if I got all this here, I can keep putting my trust in that. And he's trying to say, it's a small God. You cannot serve that thing called money and expect that you're gonna put your trust in me. The two will split you. Money has to be a tool used for God's glory. Money has to be a tool that all of a sudden with it, you say, all right, I'm going to store up treasure for myself in heaven. Spirit of mammon. Look at what Jimmy Evans says about a spirit of mammon. I thought this was really powerful. Maybe we can bring it up on the screen. He says, mammon promises us those things that only God can give. Security, significance, identity, independence, power, and freedom. Mammon tells us that it can insulate us from life's problems and that money is the answer to every situation. At Voo Church, we have to break a spirit of mammon. God's not against people being rich. He just wants to teach you how to be biblically rich. He wants you to realize that money is a tool in your hands, not to use or take advantage of people, but to use it for the glory of God. Come on, somebody, go ahead and put your hands together. Give God some praise. So much of being rich according to God is all about this word stewardship. Everyone say stewardship. And, and this is a word that we just can't talk nearly enough about. That when I start to follow Jesus, what I recognize and what my entire philosophy becomes is that I'm working off a paradigm that everything that I have was given to me by God. Everything. And then I'm stewarding what he gave me. And so my little thought is value it like an owner, but care for it like a steward. That God wants us to value what he's given us, but he wants us to steward it and manage it, realizing it's not my property. I remember one time I went to visit a friend of mine uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, and on the regular, your boy drives uh, a Honda Odyssey minivan. Don't, 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 you know, hate the player, hate the game, okay? Like, I'm, it's got black rims, don't, don't feel bad for me. Um, double sliding doors. And so, um, you know, this thing's like, you know, you, you, you bang it up, it's getting dinged up. But I went to stay at my friend's house in Nashville, and um, I won't tell you what kind of car it is, but it was a nice car. 
He said, hey, when you stand there, feel free to drive my car. Have you ever like um, been entrusted with somebody else's property? I remember I was like, I got to the car, I'm like. (sighs) (laughs) I'm driving five miles below the speed limit because I, I don't want to put a scratch on this thing. I'm afraid I'm going to ding this thing. Why? Because it's not mine. I'm borrowing his stuff. I'm thankful I get to drive it, but it's not mine, yo. And it's a powerful, powerful principle because we live in a time right now where everybody knows the price of everything, but they know the value of nothing. It's like, oh, I know the price tag, but you don't know what that thing costs to actually get it. We have to raise up people understanding stewardship. Stewardship. Everything about the kingdom of God operates off this word called faith. Everyone say faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. You go back to the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis, the very first command in the Bible, be fruitful and multiply. That you and I are given a command from the get-go that we are to be fruitful and multiply. What I'm trying to say is, is that faithfulness results in fruitfulness. Faithfulness results in fruitfulness. I wanna say to everybody who's a part of VU Church, we've been on a journey for eight years and God has done tremendous things. We're seeing people close to 90 to 100 people week in and week out give their life to Jesus. We're seeing VU crews grow. We're seeing people get saved and sanctified and empowered into the midst. Yeah, we can give God praise for it. Come on, somebody. Well, let me say it with some authority. Faith does not maintain faith multiplies it, there's an expectation that we are going to multiply God's not against you being rich he just wants to teach you how to be rich and I think one of the best stories and the best illustrations of this principle is found in Matthew chapter 25 maybe some of you know it but it's the parable of the talents and I've been waiting to come around this text because the Lord has been speaking to me and I think he's gonna speak to you today. But Matthew 25, it's amazing because they're actually like asking Jesus a question like, hey, when will we know that you're gonna return? When will we know that the age is about to be over? They're talking about the end of the world and then Jesus, you know, he answers a question like he always does by not answering the question, just telling stories. Anyone got a grandpa like that, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus starts just teaching and here's one of the stories that he tells. This is Matthew 25, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants, watch this, and entrusted to them his property. Everyone say his property. To one he gave five talents. Someone say five. To another two. Someone say two. To another one. Someone say one. To each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. This sounds like the stock market. Verse 17. So also, he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Now, let's just get some context of what's taking place. Jesus is teaching. 
And he says, there's a master who's getting ready to go on a journey. He entrusts his servants with his property to one he gives five talents, to one he gives two talents, to one he gives one talent. Now watch this. This is important because a lot of times we read this and we think this is like Jesus is giving them like their personality and like they can sing and they can paint and he's administrative because we go, a talent. That, that's, that's how you and I recognize the word talent. But actually that's not what's going on at all. Right, at all. Talent was a weight system that actually represented money. And by the way, it wasn't a little bit of money. Theologians believe that one talent today would equal $1.5 million. So Jesus is like, he's out there teaching like, yo, and so this dude gave this guy six million, and he gave this guy two million, and he gave this guy one million. Like, like that's, that's what he's teaching. And the scripture says that he gives those talents away to these guys, watch this, based upon their ability. Meaning, God is watching you. In order to know their ability, he had to examine their ability. All of us have different skills, all of us have different efforts, and all of us have different personalities and different giftings and talents. You ought to know that God is watching you. He's examining you. He says in the Gospel of Luke, if you can't be trusted with a little, you can't be trusted with a lot. Meaning, if you can't be a good employee, why would you ever expect that he'd make you an employer? If you can't keep your room clean, why are you hoping to get a house? If you can't work good at the job you got, why would you ever expect for him to give you a business? It's not hard to understand. He's saying that you've gotta get good at managing. You gotta get good at making, putting effort towards things. Why? Because I have learned over and over again that God will not multiply what you fail to maximize. It's important. It's important. Because a lot of us, we want God to grow stuff in our life. You'll grow this area, but you don't maximize that area. He's not a genie. He's not like, it's not what he does. That was my wand, by the way. <laughs> no, he, he's looking for people that will make the most out of what they have been given. Now watch this. This is what's crazy about what Jesus says here. Jesus says the master's gonna return, and when he returns, he's looking for a return. This is not like, I'm not stretching the text. This is his parable. The master's going to return, and when he returns, he's expecting a. The master's going to return, and he's expecting a. God is expecting a return out of you. With what he's given you, with what he's placed in your life, he's looking to get a return. Now he comes back, the guy who's got five, well, he multiplies it, makes five more. The guy who's two multiplies it, he makes two more. But the guy who has one buries that thing. And what God does is he curses the man, casts the man out. Not just that, he takes from the man. All right, I gotta try to get this illustrated. This is gonna be, this is bold. Um, you never know. We're gonna do adult children's church for a moment. All right, uh, let me get, let me get, you look really sharp. I feel like I can trust you. Come on up here, yep, come on up here. Make some noise for this guy. I don't know, we're gonna find out. You, right there, right there, white dress, right there. Yes, yes, ma'am, yes, you come on up, come on up, come on up, come on up. I don't know if I can trust her either, but yeah, can you come up? Are you okay to come up? Okay, come on up, come on up. Got another service, so, oh, 
Oh my goodness, you're amazing. What's your name? Taylor? Sorry. All right, come on over here. You're going to work with me. All right, you stand here. What's your name? Christopher. Christopher. How are you, man of God? Good, how are you? Nice Good. You. you work out? Yeah, I Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Dear God. All right, I'm going to get someone I know now, Neil. We'll get Neil up here because, yeah, I'm going to get Neil. I'm going to get Neil. Neil, go stand over there. All right. This is risky stuff. How are you, sir? Great man of God. Good to see you. Walk right over there by Christopher. What, all right, we're gonna start with an arm wrestling match. You guys right over here right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right, so um, let's just try to illustrate this for a moment. It's Taylor. Yeah. All right, Taylor, I'm gonna give you that. Um, Chris, Christopher, I'm gonna give you that. And um, Neil, I'm gonna give you that. Why don't you guys open up inside? Let's just see what we're, what we're working with here. Welcome to uh, The Price is Right. All right, God bless. <laughs> oh, what, what do we, oh, wow, okay. It's Monopoly money, so don't worry about it. Yeah, all right. All right, can you just tell me what, 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 what you want to just count it really quick? What are we, what are we working with? A thousand. Oh, wow, you got that quick. Okay, wow. She knows. All right, um, what, what do you got over here? A hundred. dollars. What do you got? Ten dollars. Mm, Ten dollars. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I want to try to illustrate this, and I want to make this a visual because I want you to see this. First thing is, is that um, the master calls the servants, and then he entrusts the servants with his stuff. Now, uh, one got five talents, one got two talents, one got... One talent. For, for the sake of just making it very easy, we gave Taylor a thousand, we gave Christopher a hundred, and we gave Neil ten dollars. Now, even right here, I just I, I want to just help something really quick because notice they don't all get the same thing. Now watch, they all got something, but they didn't get the same thing. And a lot of reasons why people don't step into maximizing what they got is because they're too busy worried about the fact that they didn't get the same thing as someone around them instead of being grateful for the something they got. This is big. This is big for Gen Z now. We don't get the same thing. No! Not according to Matthew 25. You get something, but you don't get the same thing. So what happens is like, it's not that you don't, it's not that you don't have any clothes on. It's just that when you start looking at the clothes of celebrities, you're like, yo, why don't I have those clothes? You're focused on their thing. It's not that you don't have food in your belly. It's just that you'd like to go to Carbone every night, but, but, you, but you don't, you ain't got that Carbone money. You ain't got Carbone cash. It's not that you don't have shelter. It's just that, yo, my neighbor got that new house and why don't I have that house? And what you don't realize is the moment you start staring at what's in somebody else's hand is the moment you stop maximizing what God placed in your hand. Very important. Very important. I don't even have to be in church to teach this principle. If you want to be somebody who maximizes what God's given you, it starts with gratitude. I know you only got $10 and she got $1,000, but let me tell you what's worse than $10. No dollars. And if you want to make something out of that $10, you got to quit looking at her $1,000. You got to put that $10 to work. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wore a blazer. You get it. Okay, so I just want you to see this because 
It's not fair. It's not fair. And so many of us, it's like, we're just, it's not fair. And you're not moving forward, you're staying stagnant. So they're given a thousand, a hundred, and ten dollars. Now here's where it gets really, really interesting. Is that this person puts this thing to work, and that person puts that thing to work, and this guy, for some reason, decides to sit on it. We could talk a lot about stewardship next week. I want to teach a little bit more about it. I want to be really practical next week. But like, um, if you're saying, all right, whatever you have today, what do you do with it? Well, last week, I think we heard one of the greatest sermons by Pastor Luke Berry on the tithe. Can we just make some noise for a great pastoral team? If we're going to talk about stewardship, I think it matters what you do first. We give God the first of everything because he's last to nothing. And so Luke taught about the tithe. A tithe is the first tenth. Ten in the Bible represents so much more than just the number ten. Ten in the Bible over and over again represents all. Money by itself is fallen. Money has a spirit on it, either as a spirit of mammon or as a spirit of God. The only way it gets the spirit of God on it is when God touches it. When God touches it, he transforms it. When God touches it, he begins to bless it. When we give him the tenth, what the tenth does is it redeems all of it. Now, watch this. This is important. That master, he goes away. He's like, yo, I gave you that. I gave you that. I gave you that. But um, what a lot of people don't know that I think those guys back then knew, because the rest of the Bible teaches it, is that uh, this master, he had a bride. And he, he went on a journey, but the, but the bride stayed. And so my bride's here. Let's make Don Shree get up on the stage one more time. Don Shree, come on up, come on, come on, come on, come on. All right. All right, so, look, at this. this is adult children. You come over here. Bye, man, don't wear red to church. My God, what are we talking about? <laughs> Just trying to teach the word without holding the word. I don't even have the Bible. It's on my heart, but my God, okay. Um, so watch this. The church is the bride of Christ. So I think it's just good to kind of see this. Imagine, I'm like, hey guys, that's for you. You work that, but do me a favor. I'm going on a journey. DC, she gonna, she gonna stay here with the kids and everything. And um, can you just, you don't have to give everything, but can you just give her the something that I, that I asked? Taylor, do you know what the something is that I asked? What would she would get out of a thousand, one-tenth of that? That would be, come on now, look at this, 100. So why don't we just hand that to Don? Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for looking after her, by the way, gosh. And then Christopher, you work out, but you're also a good steward. Um, do, you know what, do you know what 10% of 100 would be? $10? Look at this man. This guy's a, are you married? I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and Neil is wicked. <laughs> and start, count what you got there, because it's like, it's so little, right? It's just, yo, I... It's not fair. You didn't get the thousand. You didn't get the hundred. You got, you got the 10. And like, she's fine. You gotta take care. I wasn't even using a pun there, but you liked it so much. Stop, okay, okay. Neil, stop amening, my God. Neil said amen. I said, you, that's crazy. Okay, so, um, so, 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 so Neil, Neil holds it. He, he doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't give to her. I think the first, that's the tithe, that, that's redeeming it. But now they have to go and they have to make something out of it. Now, the, the story tells us very quickly that, that Taylor goes and, and makes this, multiplies this thing, takes the five 
$1.5 million. I mean, she makes it, it turns into 10 plus million dollars. Christopher, who's married, of course he's married. What woman wouldn't want to be married to this guy who took the two, turns it into four. But then Neil just sat, buried it. But let's just pick up, everyone stay up here. We're almost done, but let me just pick up in the text because I didn't memorize it, but I'm gonna work on that for next year, Taylor. All right, <laughs> Matthew 25, get ready. Verse 24, you can, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, watch this, master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. He's giving back what was given to him. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. Not my words, Jesus' words. <laughs> you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So watch this, he doesn't just scold Neil, he takes from Neil, he says, you stand over there. This is a really bad illustration, but hopefully it gets better as the day goes by, because I love this man. You can come back over here, because it feels weird, me casting over there. All right, um, he, but he takes from him. Not that, watch this, he doesn't just take from him, look what he does. He goes, yo, you know how to maximize stuff. You know how to multiply stuff. You know how to steward my stuff. And so I can't trust him, but I can trust you. And so I'm giving you that because as I continue to give more to you, you're going to multiply it because you know how to steward it. I'm not trying to make political statements up in here. I believe in equality for all. No one should be held back because of their race, their gender, their faith, their religion. We live in America. But the idea that we're gonna have equal equity, meaning equal outcomes for everyone, that, that defies Matthew 25. Jesus says, no, 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 I'm gonna give more to those that know how to multiply stuff, to those that know how to maximize stuff. I'm gonna give more to people I can trust. Can you help me give these guys a big round of applause? They're pretty amazing, pretty amazing. No, that's yours. That's yours. That's yours, Taylor. That's yours. Christopher, that's yours. You know what? The bride, a church, is very, very generous, and so that's yours. Give these guys a big round of applause. That's yours. That's yours. We love you. We love you. You got, you got, you got a family you're taking care of, Taylor. Come on now. Amazing, amazing. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours. That's yours. Okay, now watch this. What I did not read, that you can go back and see Matthew 25, is to every one of those that maximized what God gave them, the words that Jesus uses is he says to all of them, you guys are all awing, I love it. <laughs> we love you, Taylor. 
We love you. And that's why I've always said it pays to be in church. I'm totally kidding. Totally kidding. So stupid. I'm a dad. You get it. So corny. All right. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says to the guy with the five talents, the guy with the two talents, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. See, there's five words that good stewards live by. It's those five words. There's five words that if you wanna know, how do I know if I'm maximizing something? Well, let's just start with the first word, well. It speaks of excellence. It's not just what you do, it's how you do it. As Christians, we don't talk enough about this. Whatever you're doing, God's watching. I don't care if you are a barista at Starbucks or if you're a lawyer Monday through Friday, you are doing that under the glory of God and you ought to do it with a spirit of excellence. People ought to see you like, wow, look at that bus driver. Whoa, look at that school teacher. Whoa, look at that secretary. Whatever you're doing, do it well. But it's not just well, he says, well, done, done. Done speaks to this idea that you're a finisher. You don't just start stuff. Everyone's got a new vision every day, bro. Vision doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes time. Notice that every illustration in the Bible is like farming, planting seed, watering seed, harvesting a seed. Let's be a church that, if you want to know if you're maximizing, you got to be a person who gets things done, who actually doesn't just start stuff, but you finish stuff. He says, well done, good. Good speaks to your integrity. Speaks to your character. It's not enough in 2023 that you've got all sorts of talents and a great personality. You have to have integrity. You have to have character. Whatever you're doing, you do it honestly. You do it knowing, man, the Lord is watching. He says, faithful. Faithful speaks of consistency, that you stay in it, you're stable, that you're consistent. You wanna be taken seriously in life? Be consistent. You wanna be rich according to God's can? Be consistent. It's not like rocket science. It's just be consistent, be faithful. Faithfulness results in fruitfulness. We don't just maintain, we multiply. He says, well done, good and faithful. Here it is, servant servant. That if I want to maximize whatever God's given me, I have to remember that money is not my master. I spend money. I don't serve money. But rather, I serve the one true God. I'm a servant of God. I'm a servant in his field. He's entrusted me with his property, and I'm trustworthy. I want to encourage our church. I want to encourage our church. I told you before, this is a message for our church. I meet so many people that they, they, they go through life and everything's going really good, everything's going really awesome, then all of a sudden they have a crisis. I don't really care how you come to God. I, I'm, I'm just grateful when people do come to God, but I meet so many people that they, they learn to trust God in a crisis, and that's awesome. That's, that's the whole thing, learning to trust God. But I want to encourage some of you that already know the word that if the first time you start to trust God is in crisis, that's amazing for you. But let me just tell you the opposite, that when you learn to trust God in crisis, it also is an indication to God that he can't trust you in blessing. If you're just waiting to hit rock bottom before you trust him, 
He's going, all right, that's, I'm gonna show up for you. But I'm not gonna pour out blessing in your area because you're not trustworthy. How to be rich? You obey his word. You put your trust in him. Money is a tool. It's not a God, it's a bad God. There's only one true God. And he says, listen, don't store up for yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust destroy. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not come in and robbers cannot steal. I, it's just good to say, like, he's teaching you that we don't just live for the temporary, we live for the eternal. That apparently as Christians, there's an afterlife that's gonna go on forever and ever and ever and ever. And if all we ever do is pay attention to this world, we're missing out on something bigger. Like, I don't know if you know this, bro, but like, I don't care how much you get, you can't take it with you. Never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. That guy just died, he's just taking his stuff. I don't care what you got, you're just borrowing it because after you go, it's going into somebody else's hands. I was at my friend Billy's house on Friday night for his birthday and the house he just got into was built in the 30s. He's like, yeah, my neighbors are 100, that guy's 95, they've been living, I'm like, oh my gosh. Somebody else built this house. Other people lived in this house. And one day, Billy, you will die and somebody else will live in this house. It's just stuff and you can't take it with you. I don't know if you saw the news yesterday, but Matthew Perry, the beloved actor from Friends, passed away. All the wealth. Just got his new house finished, loved it. We're praying for his family, we're praying for him. But man, he doesn't get to take it with him. Rich according to the world, but I don't know, was he rich according to God? All of us, we might not have earthly possessions on this side of eternity, but every one of us, we can be rich if we put God first and trust in Him. Come on, if you believe it, somebody give God some praise all in this room. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. And I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. Jesus name. Amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to vuchurch.com/online. We love you.